Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 751. You can get anything you want as long as you don't care who gets the credit. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Robert Kibbe. Hey, Robert, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Brother, I am buckled up. (laughs) I am nitro switch ready, and I am staring down the road of fun with you. Oh, my gosh. I got a pro here today, so uh, I better do a good job. Well, Robert Kibbe is the producer and host of the Muscle Car Place Podcast Network that he founded back in 2009. He's also the host of Kibby and Finnegan Show, that's with Mike Finnegan from Roadkill, and also the show Optimus Search for the Ultimate Streetcar. You are one busy guy. Robert and Mike's show is a comedy podcast where they talk about cars, they tell jokes, and they review the best TV show made since the existence of mankind, the Dukes of Hazard. Mm-hmm. All right, the Duke boys, <laughs> self-described as hitting the automotive lottery twice. And thanks to his listeners, Robert has the car of his dreams, a 64 Chevelle. Very cool. Some say he looks like a slightly more balding Matt Damon. I would agree with that. Very nice. <laughs> so, Robert, <laughs> I doubt we're going to have some fun. Robert, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your career, your podcasting, and, of course, your passion for automobiles? I will. And I'll, I'll tell you, the, the Matt Damon thing, we used to be identical. But <laughs> for some reason, he's kept his hair. And I don't know. It's Hollywood. It's all fakery. It, it's all smoke and mirrors. I'm, it's I'm not real. Hope so. <laughs> I've always thought, though, if I go into Jimmy Kimmel, I'll bet for five seconds I could fake him out. And they'll think, <laughs> <laughs> they'll think I'm Matt Damon. But yeah, man, well, I, uh, I host the Muscle Car Place podcast show. That's, that's the first show that I ever did. Mm-hmm. And um, I am a mechanical engineer by yeah. education. I got my degree from Iowa State University, and uh, I spent most of my time in college playing drums uh, in the marching band. I did a, a tour in, in drum corps. I met my wife in the marching band. I really just went into the engineering field because uh, my dad was an engineer. Uh, and number one, I kind of wanted to follow in his footsteps. But the other was just because I loved cars. That was it. I had zero plan for what happens after I graduate. Then what do I do? And when I got out of school, I um, I kind of wanted to go in the military. So I, I pursued that route for a while. I didn't end up doing that. And I just took a, a different set of job offers that came up and it put me in the software and consulting industry. And I did that for 10 years, 10 solid years uh, in the defense industry primarily, but also for software companies. I just kind of got to 35 years old and I thought this this kind of blows. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing what I like at all. This is not good. This is not what I, I dream about. And, right. you know, and, and I had zero complaints over the companies I work for. They treated me wonderfully, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't what I wanted to do. So to cut a really long story short, I hired a career coach to help me through it because I, the, one of the downsides about being an engineer is you, you, you have trouble sometimes thinking way outside the box, especially once you've been in a situation for a long time. At least I did. And I needed somebody that I didn't know to just give me that third party perspective. So I hired a guy named Dan Miller, who uh, well, I heard about through a, a podcast show that he still does called 48 Days to the Work You Love. And he, he kind of helped me 
looked through a number of different options. I did some financial counseling for a while. I, I realized I really liked having a small business and I really hated counseling people because <laughs> their, their problems became my problem. I could yeah. not divorce myself from yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but Dan said, you know, Robert, everything that we've focused on here, everything leads us back to cars. Uh, yeah. There's a theme here and mm-hmm. you need to figure out what that's going to be. So yeah. to make this long story as short as possible, I said, all right, what can I do with cars? I don't have a ton of money. I've got a young family here. I've got people depending on me. I can't just quit it all and start something new like my own garage. Mm-hmm. I've got to do something that I can start on the side that I can grow as fast as I have the spare time to allow, but yeah. that also won't kill me. <laughs> and I, I ended up starting a website called the Muscle Car Place, which was a classifieds website. Oh, okay. And this was this this predated Auto Trader, especially Auto Trader Classics. And even back then, eBay Motors wasn't the juggernaut that it is today. So I went through a bunch of different internet-based courses and built a website using the world's best SEO to drive traffic. Mm-hmm. To this website for people that wanted to buy muscle cars. And that, that classified component of our website still exists today. But, you know, I'd make sales calls every day to a different car dealership to try to get their inventory and list it. And that was all fine and well and good. Uh, but to promote it, I started doing my own podcast show once a week called The Muscle Car Place, just like you're doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Call people, get to know people, have content. And my hope was I'll build a name for my company this way. Well, it didn't take too long for me to realize I dug doing it. I mean, it was fun. Yeah. And I, and I was still doing it all myself. And just like you, I everything was pretty much self-taught. But once I started getting a company saying, hey, this isn't bad. Uh, would you like some sponsorship for it? Then I realized, oh, I am in the podcast business. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. That, that would be great. And I, I did that for a good solid year and a half, you know, still with my day job as a as a normal engineer. Well, once I got to 2011, uh, Muscle Car Place had enough revenue there to kind of kind of float itself. And I also had a, a, a another startup company here in Ames that needed an automotive business development person that was uh, developing some some diesel ne- kind of next generation smart diesel technology. A- Ames, Iowa, where I live, is the home of Iowa State University, and there's a there's a ton of tech that comes out of this town that nobody would ever know about, and that that was one of them. So. I did Muscle Car Place and the diesel business for a number of years together, and they both continued to grow. And then the diesel business went away, but Muscle Car Place didn't. I added on different shows. Uh, we did one called the LSX Podcast uh, for a year and a half on LSGM engines. Um, did one called the ProTouring.com Podcast, just focused on people that love pro-touring cars. Uh, we did one for a long time called Cars for a Living. I think I mentioned that to you uh, when you were on my show. And, and that was a, a career and business automotive show. And now we do the three that we do today. And I've always operated this business in conjunction with one or two other businesses that I've always done. But I I just can't let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love it too much. And I've met too many good friends and I have too many good contacts. And, um, you know, it, it is a profitable business. I, I, I won't dilly about that, but I, I'm certainly not going to retire uber wealthy because of it but i just love doing it well, it's just so much fun and I've, yeah. I've got too many good friends to ever walk away so there you go that's why i'm still doing this well and that's the secret sauce to life that's what cars yeah is all about is people who figured out how to wrap that passion into their careers so that's why it's it's fun to have you on the show fun to have a fellow podcaster on the show and we're going to learn a lot more about you as we continue on your journey but first I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah, or in the case of muscle cars, smoking here on Cars Yeah. So, Robert, take the wheel. 
okay, I had missed this question the first time, so I read this document again, and I just now thought of the one I want to give you. Awesome. It's, it's, a, it's a Ronald Reagan quote. Okay. And uh, I hope this is true because I saw it in his museum, but it's – here's the quote. You can get anything you want as long as you don't care who gets the credit. That's Ronald Reagan. Also Proverbs 22.4, but that's uh, yeah. but the Ronald Reagan one I thought would be – uh, pretty appropriate here. Well, absolutely. You know, that's a lot what podcasting is all about is giving back to your listeners because we provide free content. And for in the case of guests like you is providing a guest as a platform to promote their business and themselves. So uh, giving back. Yeah. As long as you don't have to worry about the credit, just get the job done, I think is the, the story behind that one. So a uh, big fan of Ronald Reagan. So well, let's go back in time and talk a little bit about a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you realized that you were indeed a car guy? I don't know. I, I it was always there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up with it. You know, I've uh, my my parents both liked cars. Uh, my parents grew up, both grew up on the farm, uh, so you know, fixing your own things was something we did. Even though we grew up in the city, my dad fixed all his own stuff. That was pretty normal. But I. As a kid, that's all I drew. I drew cars. I watched car shows like the the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> that that was just always my thing. And uh, you know, the the car my dad drove to work was a '64 Chevelle. It's the '64 Chevelle I have today. Cool. But I I knew at an early age that that car was not just metal. It was uh it was somebody that it was more of like a dog to me. Like I, I knew that that car needed me, and it needed me <laughs> to take care of it, and make sure it was going to be okay. Where if you got to glue all this stuff together to figure out <laughs> if I'm answering your question, but it was just always, always, always there. Yeah, and it's never gotten lesser. I hear that from a lot of my guests. It's a DNA thing. It's just kind of there, and in some cases, it comes much later. I've had some guests who've become car guys or car gals much later in life, but I think for people like you and I, yeah, it's just always been there. I just asked my mom. I mean, I had a pedal car before I was one year old. It was a Cadillac, which I wish I still had. She gave it away, darn it. But uh, yeah, it's always there. Well, Robert, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. Talk about a big challenge or a big failure. Now, you touched about or you talked about being an engineer. I understand engineers. I married one. My wife is a mechanical engineer. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember we met in college. Uh, watching her study and going through all of that. And she had a career for many years in that field before she decided to stay home and raise our children. Thank thank goodness she wanted to do that. made my life easier. But I'd love to have you share a big challenge or a big failure that you faced along the way. Kind of take us there and then tell us how that experience helped you gain even more because it's what we learn from these things, which is where the real value lay. Oh, I suppose the the biggest business challenge in this particular business, and I, you know, just to clarify, I've, I've been... I've been involved with a number of them. Some of them that aren't even automotive. They've all they all have their challenges. But with this particular one, I really wanted to create some type of an online course. And you would probably relate to that because we we roll in the the podcast circle, and a lot of the people in the podcast world have nothing to do with automotive. They're in well, more entrepreneurial ventures and online business. Right. And right now, one of the hottest things in online business is online courses, mm-hmm. like digital courses. You create an entire course and then people to buy that. Right. Well, I had a really neat experience and this, the experience I had is an answer to an upcoming question. So I won't tell you what the experience was. <laughs> okay. But, don't give it away. But I, I learned a lot about how to attract sponsorship to, uh, to build a really neat car, whether that's a promo car for your business or a race car, something like that. But, you know, in, in old cars, especially in race cars and custom cars, you'll spend four, five, ten times building a car versus what it's actually worth with some of these old customs. Oh, yes. That's the situation I was in. 
So the only way I could do that was with sponsorship. And I had gifted sponsorship for all all of the the labor part, and that was okay. But the parts were killing me. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was no way I could do it. So I just worked together a fairly formal procedure to go about contacting different companies and setting up a professional sponsorship and usually a barter of trade of exposure or something like that within the show. And then I delivered that. And then when we were done, I, I followed up with them to let them know how they were promoted. And I did this whole process and long story short, we got the car done and I had a lot of people contact me after the fact, say, how did you do that? Mm-hmm. I need to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I ended up uh, creating a full course called Sponsorship Fastlane and uh, promote it with some different webinars and people loved it. Cool. They loved it. They could not wait to get more. So then I, when I went ahead and finished the course and put it out for sale, it didn't sell. Mm. Well, I shouldn't say that. It sold well enough. But I was hoping for a, a real home run. Yeah. And yeah. and what I got was a, a pretty solid single. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I made sure that it the, the thing that was good about it is that it, it helped me understand where my market is. And, um, you know, this is just the the type of genre that's just a little too weird, at least in my automotive space. <laughs> it's just they just they just don't dig it. You know, uh, they, they'll spend 500 bucks on a rear end, but they won't aren't comfortable spending 200 bucks on something that could help them bring back 10,000. Yeah, I understand. I understand 100%. And uh, yeah, it seems like there's so many of these courses out there right now that if you wanted to take one, who do you turn to? Who, who's the pro? Everybody thinks they're a pro. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. But I think the fact that you figured out how to sell sponsorships for building a car, it's not unlike the dozens of racers I've had as guests here. Their number one problem is money. And bringing sponsorships to their racing career so that they can bring money to a team through sponsorships and race. So uh, that's one of the hardest things in the world to do is raise money in that capacity. Yeah, yeah. Sponsorship, this uh, cars, race cars, it's an upside down business model. Everybody knows that. We, we Sometimes we have trouble admitting it, but <laughs> you, you pour money in, you don't get money out. What that's do I hear works. from everyone who has a racing team? How do you make a fortune in racing? Start with a mega fortune and start yeah. a racing team, and then you'll end up with even less money for sure. Mm-hmm. So, for well, sure. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a career aha moment. You've already kind of alluded to some of those, but I like to say it's a time when the headlights come on and kind of illuminate your way for a new direction. So tell us about yours. Well, the the one I shared with you already was that I was in the podcasting business. Mm-hmm. That that was an aha moment. But the big one, the big one came just about three weeks after I took business full time. I got an email from a listener and I'd shared with my listening audience, hey, you know, I've been building this in my basement, you know, for <laughs> yep. the last year and a half. And I finally got to take this full time. I just really appreciate you guys listening and I hope you chase your your dreams too, whatever they are. Well, one listener wrote me and he said, you know, I've I've had the dream for the last 20 years to open my own hot rod shop. And uh, I've been doing this for years. I'm very good at it, but I've never made a business out of it. Today's the day. I'm launching the business, and I'd really like the first car to be yours, your wow. 64 Chevelle. I'd like to help you turn that into the the dream race car that you've always wanted to be because, you know, in your heart of hearts, that's what you think you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's no strings attached. If you're in for it, I'll donate the time and the tools. So I I contacted the guy, and I said, look, man, I, I'm not going to tell anybody this on the air, but – you you don't want to do this. This is a terrible idea. <laughs> it, are you married? You're you're going to be divorced. Yeah. This is not good. Yeah. <laughs> and as much as I'd love to take you up on it, I just can't. I can't do it. And he goes, "All right. Well, here's what I didn't tell you. I'm a I'm an airline pilot. 
I live a, a pretty nice life. I have a lot of control over my time. I already have the shop and the tools. And, you know, this is kind of a formality mm-hmm. to file an LLC here. I'm, I'm doing this right. no matter what. And everybody's on board. So the, no fooling. There's no strings attached. I'd love to do your car. Oh, cool. And he said, let me tell you what, let me take a step further. I'll, I'll send you a ticket. I'll fly you out to meet. You can check it out. If you think we're up to snuff, cool. And that guy's name was Jeff Allison. He did build my car. It went to the SEMA show in 2013. Nice. It made the front page of Super Chevy magazine because wow. of that show. Wow. And he is one of my best friends to this day. Yeah. That aha moment helped me realize that when you're when you're podcasting especially, but sharing your passion with people, but podcasting especially – you can have such a relationship with people. Right. So sincere and so deep because they're usually listening to you on their earbuds mm-hmm. and they're not they're not watching or doing something else instead. Right. They're, they're, you've got their full attention. Right. And after a while, they just feel like, you know, your best friends. And I know what that's like. Uh, there's several shows that I listen to and I've never met the host, but I I know their kids names. You know, I <laughs> exactly I, I truly love them. So for me, the aha moment was I know we're in a, in a world of video and, and I want to do video, but podcasting is just where it's at. If you really want a deep connection with somebody, that that's it. That's the one. Exactly. I've experienced the same things. I've met people on the street or at car shows. They come up, are you Mark Green from Cars? Yeah. Oh, how's your son doing? Or how's your daughter doing with that? Yes. You know, and so, yeah, you become a friend. It's uh, And it's a great thing for your sponsors because you become a nice spokesman and promoter of their brand as well and a, and a very trusted one because when you're in somebody's ear every week or in my case, every day almost, they become, they know you. They know the kind of person. Mm-hmm. You can't fake it. When you do this, you, you, you are who you are. You just get tight. Yeah, you yeah. do. Very good. I love that story. That's one of my best aha stories so far. Well, let's talk about a proudest career moment. I would assume you've had many, but is there one that really stands out? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, that's a blunt answer. I, I got a little stuck on this one, but well, here's the real answer. There's been so many, but uh, you know, my, my dad uh, is a widower. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the car that we restored is the car he and my mother bought brand new in mm-hmm. 1964. Wow. And she never lived to see me do any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But when the car got restored and went to the SEMA show, he decided I, – I asked him if he'd like to come out and see it on the show floor. And he, you know, he just wasn't in the greatest of health. Mm-hmm. But he did it anyway. So he flew out on the Friday of SEMA. I went out to the airport, picked him up. And with cane in hand, he kind of hobbled his way in and sat right next to it. Nice. Nice. And that was my proudest moment. Ah, because what a great story. he worked so hard to yeah. get himself there. And I knew he was in pain. Yeah. But it meant the world to him to see it. And he had been in the Las Vegas Convention Center for his own career a million times. Uh-huh. So he kind he kind of knew the lay of the land. Yeah. He knew where a good booth was. He knew when you were being presented well. And yeah, I, I, that kind of blew him away. So uh, what a nice I'll story. I'll go with that one. I, that's a very good story. I love it. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back into your time. I, I know you uh, have a Carmen Ghia, like I had a Carmen Ghia way back when I was in high school. So we share that affinity. But tell us about your first really special car. Maybe share a memory you have of that vehicle. Well, my, my 64 Chevelle I still have today was kind of my first car, but it wasn't the first car I started driving. And the first one I started driving, I just recently got rid of. It was a 76 Nova, four-door, straight six, automatic. Uh-huh. It was a pile. <laughs> <laughs> but it was my pile. Yeah. And, it was, uh, and I have two sisters, one older and one younger. And uh, my, my parents bought it for my oldest sister, and it was her runaround car, and she wrecked it. And she's a good person, but she is terrible to vehicles. And, <laughs> and I think when she was done driving it, uh, it was happy about that. So, so I was the next one to get it. It was just 
my friend, my little General Lee, even though it was just a, a whooped old Nova. But yeah. I took that thing everywhere. I put 13 people in it once during high school for lunch. <laughs> um, I jumped it twice, only once of which was on purpose. The, the first time was not, a, <laughs> not intentional. The second one was. Yeehaw. But, uh, it was just just a great old car. And once I had my Chevelle running and restored, uh, it was my winter car. Oh, okay. It was also yeah. a car I'd still drive. Yeah. You know, I started getting my wife in that car and the dash was all full of holes and all sorts of things. And I, I remember our first date and she said, what are all these holes for? And I said, well, that's, <laughs> if you put a quarter in there, uh, I, I got a candy dispenser under, underneath. It'll <laughs> give you money. And she believed me. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, I, I like her. Yeah. I'm really glad this car is so shot. She told me later, she said, you know, when you came to pick me up in that car, I just remember thinking, Whoever's driving that must be honest because <laughs> he's not joke. trying to show off or anything. Well, you know, it's funny because we have something else in common here. You caught that was a 76 Nova, right? Yeah, it was. Well, I had a 67 Nova. That was my first car. Bought it from uh, my neighbor who owned a Chevy dealership down the street. It, it was owned by a little old lady who turned the car in. In my case, the car was immaculate. It even still had the plastic seat covers, the old kind they had in the 60s with the little bumps in them. And uh, that car was – it was perfect. I mean, it didn't have a scratch on it. It was a beautiful little car. Kind of boring. You know, little little engine and automatic, so nothing special. But for me, it was, yeah, that first car to kind of go to the beach. I had surf racks on it. I could pile all my buddies in the back seat and take it surfing. So uh, we share something else along with our Carmen Ghia affinity is the uh, mm-hmm. Chevy Novas. For sure. How about the car that you sold that you wish you had back? Is there a seller's remorse car in your history? Well, there's a couple. The, the, the Nova I did just get rid of, and it was – I, I do regret that, but it was still the right call. I ended up donating it to an organization called Teen Challenge, mm-hmm. and they take the proceeds of the car, whether they sell it or junk it, and give it to an organization that helps get uh, get people off of drugs. Nice. So I feel I know that's good, but I love that old car, and I was sorry <laughs> to see it go, but it was it was rotten. I yeah. mean, it was just very rotten. Now that I've done a few rotten restorations, I I know just what you're in for. How far gone uh, that so. thing was. <laughs> but the the other one. It's a seller's remorse and it's a seller's rejoice as well. Mm-hmm. So this this is the Carmen Ghia. So this is a cool story. Also involves my dad. When I was a kid, my dad's daily driver was Mar 64 Chevelle until it just got too rotten and rusty to drive. But my parents saved it for me to restore you know, in high school. And I was just a little boy when he stopped driving that. Mm-hmm. And they bought a 70, 73 Carmen Ghia convertible for my mom to drive. And she drove it twice and realized in Iowa, Volkswagens are really cold. Must be a convertible. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this is not going to work. So mm-hmm. she never drove it again. And that became his daily driver. Uh, well, as you can guess, I fell in love with it because that particular year is also a two-seater. There's right. no back seat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he'd let me ride shotgun and run the shifter and he'd run the clutch. And it, it was just our little car. Well, he it got to the point where it was too rusty, so he went ahead and uh, traded it in on a Buick Riviera, and it just broke my heart because, like the Chevelle, I knew that little car McGee loved me, and I knew that it needed me, <laughs> and I didn't know what was going to happen to it when it was gone, and ah, it was just crushing me. And and he traded it to a dealership that was on the route my school bus took to school. So <laughs> oh, you got to see it all the time. Oh man, the next morning 
uh, you know, at the dealership, I was there when he traded in. I cried. I had to lock it up. The door wouldn't lock because it knew that it was being <laughs> sold to somebody else. Christine. Oh, it was terrible. But And then the next morning, we drove by, and it was sitting right in the front of car lot. It was all prepped. And the windshield, it said – remember when they would do soap letters? Oh, it yeah. It said, look, L-O-O-K. Yeah, look. <laughs> and by that – and I, I found all, all this after the fact. By noon, it had been sold over the phone to somebody from out of town that was coming to get it. By one, my dad had called and said, hey, uh, my son that was there last night crying, was. Uh, I, I need to get that car back for him. Do you still have it? And the guy said, I just sold it. Uh. But the guy isn't here yet. And he said, was your son the guy that was crying at the dealership? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, yeah, it was. And he goes, well, your son goes to school with my daughter. I think I know who he is. Yeah. Let me cancel the sale. I'll just give you the title back and uh, you pay me what I gave you on trade. Oh, nice. No. No, no problems, and I'll even help you get the car over to your house. Yeah. So we did that. So when I got home from school, I got off the school bus at the top of the hill, and I looked up, and holy cow, there's my Carmen Ghia. In fact, I ran to it. I beat the school bus to it, <laughs> and, uh, and I was starting to check it out, like making sure all the rips in the interior were the right ones. Yeah, you know, same make, car. Is this fake here, is it, <laughs> or something? And the school bus went by, and I, I told all my buddies that day how bad it was, and they were all brokenhearted for me too. Yeah. I still remember Craig J- Zachman. He put the window down and said, Robert Gibby, you're a liar when he went by. <laughs> I had explained to him the next day, no, this is legit. But yeah. I went and called him. I said, Dad, is this what happened? He goes, well, we just didn't know what else to do. Yeah, yeah. I had to get it back. And that was in 1986. Last year, 2016, he restored the car. Nice. <laughs> and it's back to its original specs. And uh, my my oldest daughter will drive it when she's 16. And yeah. and uh, it, was, it was yellow with a black top when we had it. And, and now it's its original color of like Ravina green. Kind of looks like a neon M&M. Yeah. Yeah. I know that color. Very yeah, cool. It's, uh, there you go. That's uh, a, that's a, I'm sorry about that. This is probably your longest interview to date. <laughs> <laughs> we're working on it, but we're having fun. That's all that matters. Well, how about current projects? I'd love for you to tell our listeners what has you excited and fired up today. The Kibbe and Finnegan show. Uh, for sure. Yeah. That's not a car. That's a true business project. But I'm I'm doing this. I, I'd always wanted to do a buddy show. I, I really love the, the creation of radio. Mm-hmm. And whether we call it podcasting or radio, that, that's something I, I really like doing. I became friends with Mike Finnegan a couple of years ago. Most people know him from the YouTube show Roadkill. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a great guy. He's a fun guy. And we just we met at an event. We got along. I had him on as a guest of my show. And it was just clicking a little too well. So I hit him up later and I said, would you be interested in doing a show together where we talk cars and life and do buddy stuff and then review the Dukes of Hazzard episode by episode? (laughs) (laughs) And he said, yeah, man, I'm in on that. (laughs) Nice. So we're doing that for the last year. And it's it's the biggest show from a just a pure straight up popularity and downloads perspective I've I've ever been a part of. Awesome. It yeah. is so much fun to do. I look forward to them. That's the the thing that's got me most jazz right now. I, very, I I really enjoy. It. Well, very cool. You know, this is a really great story about creating friendships through businesses of like minded people that evolve into other things. So uh, that's a wonderful story. Kudos to you guys for that, and uh, best wishes for the continued success of that show. Well, here's a very introspective question, and I'll let our listeners know that I've been a guest on the Muscle Car Place podcast that Robert has, and he kind of pulled the uh, a twist on me and asked me my own question during that show. So you'll have to go to his website and listen to his show to get my answer, but I'm going to ask Robert the question now. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? 
You don't want me to tell people what your answer was? No, no they I have should, to go listen to your show. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's the twist. That's yeah, the twist. we're trying to drive people to your business. That's what I'm all about is promoting people. So yeah, yeah. Well, this is kind of a lame sellout answer, I suppose. But if I were a car, and I have a reason for this, the car I would be is is probably the General Lee. <laughs> and, I, and not a 69 Charger. I would be the General Lee. And here's why. I have always been blessed by great friends, uh, whether that was in high school or college or any career path I've ever gone on. They're all my friends to date. Mm -hmm. I am very loyal to people. And, and sometimes too long, <laughs> but, but that's just something that I, I kind of pride myself on. I'm also kind of simple. There's a lot of things that I could do that I choose not to because I just don't, I don't need that kind of glory. But the general lead to the Duke boys was really their, it, it, it's kind of an interesting study. Like the, the, the Dukes of Hazard was really actually a Western in theme, but you take out horses and you put in a car, but it's still, you know, the, the dashing good guys that that have their old reliable steed that saved the day. Right. The generally is just their old reliable steed. It's just always there for them. It protects them. Uh, it's Superman on wheels. I'm not Superman, but I am definitely always there for anybody, anytime. Nice. So nice. that's the car I've chosen. Now I'm not as good looking as that car, but <laughs> maybe I once was. So I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> oh, well, you're underselling yourself a little bit there, Robert, but uh, great answer. I appreciate you thinking about that and uh, putting some thought to that question. Well, Robert, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique 
and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. Okay, Robert, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Pay cash. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Don't <laughs> don't finance a car and don't lease a car because what does lease rhyme with? Fleece. That's yes. what I was told one time. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your success? Focus on the thing you love doing because it's going to be way too hard to do something you don't. Ah, yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Now, how about a resource? There's lots of great resources out there, including your podcast shows and, of course, Cars Yeah! here. But is there another resource that you'd like to share with the Cars Yeah! listeners you find very valuable? Yeah. One of the business podcasts that I still go to on a regular basis is called Smart Passive Income. It's hosted by Pat Flynn. Yeah, Pat Flynn from San Diego. Good guy and um, always valuable content there. Not a lot of automotive stuff. Yeah. But but still very, very good and all really solid and well well thought out. Yeah, and his, his uh, back-end story is really a fascinating story as well. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field or industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Like a Coke or a beer? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you like to drink, it doesn't matter. Oh, I don't know. Dale Earnhardt, probably. Ooh, uh, yeah. That was, that was somebody, uh, even as a kid, the man in black. And I wasn't a NASCAR fan. But I knew who the man in black was. Yeah. And I always thought he was really cool. Yeah. Really, really cool. And and his son is still my favorite NASCAR driver today. But uh, I guess I kind of focus more on the dead answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, but. it's a little morbid. But, you know, there's uh, it's interesting. I just started asking that question this year. I didn't ask it originally. And, uh, again, another great guest brought up the concept and the idea. And I've gotten some really great answers. But the first time that Dale's been mentioned. And, yeah, he would be definitely a fun guy to sit and have a beer with. That's for sure. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners should read, crack open, and enjoy? I do read a lot, and I usually read via audiobook, mm -hmm. so I'm still taking credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But one of the one of the books I have on my desk, uh, funny enough, you'd mentioned on my show, uh, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Yep. I don't have that book, mm -hmm. but I do have his latest one called Tools of Titans. Ah, yes. Which is a, a really good, basically printed version of his blog that covers a lot of different topics. It's it's not a book you read cover, cover to cover. It's not supposed to be that. It's more of a more of a how-to guide for certain topics. Right. And that one I'm enjoying a lot. Uh, so I'd, I'll go with that one. Tim Ferriss has some great books. I've read a, most of his books and very enjoyable. He's been mentioned a lot of times here on Cars Yeah. And I'll remind our listeners, you can find all these great resources on Robert's show notes page on the Cars Yeah website. Just go there and type Robert Kibbe, K-I-B-B-E, into the search bar. That page will pop up. And there's another great place on the website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book by Tim Ferriss and all the great recommended books from all the past 750 guests now here on Cars Yeah are listed. I've made it really easy for you. Just click and buy. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, Robert. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one very cool collector car in your garage, and I tell you what I'm going to do for you today, I know that that Chevelle is very important to you. So I'm going to let you just tuck that in the back of the garage and keep it because I want to see where else you're going to go with this answer. Money is no object. I'm getting out the big Cars Yeah! checkbook today. I'll buy you anything in the world you'd like. What would that car be and why? <laughs> 
Oh, you're going to hate me. I am. It's, it's still the general lead. Oh, my God. Two of them. <laughs> and here's why. <laughs> the first one would definitely be a screen used car, a car that was on screen and then specifically the TV show. Yeah. There were 17 generally sold off at the end of that TV show. I want one of them. <laughs> and then that one's for fun. That one's to keep. Yeah. The other one is a clone, a fake, a whatever, and that's one for me to jump. <laughs> oh, oh, jump. Okay, well, yeah. here's the rule, though, on cars, yeah, because if I let you get away with two, I'm going to have 750 people before you calling me because I've had so many people say, I can't narrow it down to one. Are you crazy? So you're going to have to either pick the original or the jumper. What's it going to be? Oh. I already know how you're going to answer this. Why are you even lamenting? Well... The jumper is just the one time, but it would sure be a magical experience. <laughs> it's got to be, take, it's gotta be the, original. the original. Yeah, of course. Of course. Original. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. That should have been easy for you. So, all right. Well, I'm going to go out there and find you an original General Lee. Well, Robert, you have taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would. And I really enjoyed learning more about you, your podcast, your life, your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yow listeners could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you rip off from the sunset and maybe over a little jump in that original generally? Oh, you know what? I have this, uh, I'm a, I'm a faithful Christian and I, I'll share a verse here from Proverbs and it sounds like a fortune cookie. So it's, it's pretty generic, but okay. it's Proverbs 22, four. And I'm trying to read it behind my back. The, <laughs> I can barely read it. It's on the wall. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Hmm. And, that's something I try to look at and read every day and kind of keep at the start of my day. So very nice. There you go. Well, what's the best way for our listeners again to learn more about you and follow along with all the different things you're doing? Just go to themusclecarplace.com. That's the home base website for every show that we've ever done, past and present. They're all there. And then, um, kind of like you, uh, we, we aggregate everywhere, but iTunes and Stitcher and iHeartRadio, Google Play, the, that's where you can get all the audio content. But Homebase is still the website. That's probably still your best bet. There's also an email newsletter right at the top that you can sign up for. And once you do that, everything we do, we email out to you. And then life is even easier then, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, again, listeners, you can find links to everything Robert has shared on his show notes page at the Cars yeah website. Just type Robert Kibbe. Into the search bar, that page will pop up with links. I would encourage you to check out what this guy's doing. He's got a great show. The humor show is great, too. I mean, he's having some fun sharing content, sharing his ideas and thoughts, and, of course, sharing his passion for cars with people like you and me. Robert, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your story with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's Metron Garage. 
GarageBuildGarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!